Managed security services. Years ago, the mere thought of an outside organization watching over a manufacturing enterprise and ensuring the site was free and clear and not under attack would have been considered outrageous. But today, with increased connectivity in the world of the industrial internet of things, managed security services makes a whole lot of sense. Add on top of that, the incredible lack of skilled OT cybersecurity talent, where there is a global shortage of anywhere from 700,000 to 3 million skilled cybersecurity workers, depending on which survey you read, there needs to be a way for manufacturers to ensure a secure environment that addresses immediate security needs. Again, managed security services makes so much sense. So to that end, with us today on Today with ISS Source is Dee Kamada, Director of Cybersecurity Solutions and Services at Schneider Electric. And we're going to talk about how managed security services can bridge the cybersecurity talent gap. Dee, welcome. Thanks, Greg. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's great to have you, and um, we'll get us, just get started off here. Managed security services is a growth area for organizations, partly because of the lack of qualified security professionals. So from your perspective, how big is the talent gap, and how big of a concern is that gap? In my opinion, this is probably the biggest challenge for organizations looking to really implement and maintain their security controls. So the environment that our end users and ourselves are up against is there is a substantial increase in digital or networked assets, which increases cybersecurity risk. And there's threat actors that are working 24-7 to try and exploit vulnerabilities in these new digital environments. But what we know is that there is a shortage of professionals to really work to combat this risk. And it's actually a very measurable challenge. So according to um, ICS Squared, they did a study and it showed that there was an average of 3.4 million cybersecurity open positions globally last year with over 700K of those jobs in the U.S. alone. And I also want to emphasize that in addition to these jobs not being filled, that we know are critical to maintaining a security posture of this workforce, still less than 25% of them are women. So I think these are daunting statistics that kind of show how big this challenge is. It, you were, I mean, that's such a huge challenge. But what kind of challenges do organizations face in recruiting and then retaining skilled cybersecurity professionals. Yeah, so I actually want to tell you a story. So at the beginning of this year, I set out to basically staff my team. And, you know, the area of cybersecurity, it's an interesting space to work in. But I found very quickly that I was experiencing some of these challenges that I already knew existed. So one of the things that is a challenge is just the amount of time it takes to find this talent. So it's a bunch of organizations going after the same talent pool. And then in addition to that, hiring these candidates is really expensive. So kind of all in just ballpark numbers. This is over 100K a year per head. Because it's so competitive, these candidates that are qualified, they know this. So turnover rates are really high. And many times, 
it's kind of a price war between organizations of who is going to pay these resources the highest amount you know, of salary compensation. And I think compounded, there's just a couple other elements that are hard to work against as well. So the idea that cybersecurity degrees or formal training for cybersecurity is relatively new. So limited resources really have these qualifications. A lot of this is learned on the job, especially when hiring for expertise. And then there's just limited guidance for these candidates on how to upscale, because I truly do believe that once cybersecurity professions are talked about on the market, there is interest because it is an interesting area. And there's so many different areas in which you can go, whether it's like a commercial focus in cyber, whether it's deeply technical, whether it's incident response work, there's so many different career paths under Mm -hmm. the umbrella of cybersecurity professionals. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got to under, I've got to assume that you know, hiring somebody, finding them first, then hiring them, and then with as you say, the, that global competition for that those people, the the individuals with cyber skills. How do these challenges impact a company's overall security posture and ability to defend against you know cyber threats? So I think people are such a critical part of the overall company security posture. So taking cyber out of this, we always hear about people, process, and technology. And so without balancing that equation from a overall kind of digital standpoint, there's a huge gap. And the same is true for managing the overall security posture as it relates to cybersecurity. So I think Cybersecurity professionals aside, cybersecurity awareness should be baked into any organization. So security incidents are often started by human errors. So whether they click on a phishing link, whether they're connected to insecure network, weak passwords, et cetera, like all of those are, I would say, human errors that decrease the overall security posture. And then the other thing that I want to emphasize is that in every standard, you'll see an emphasis on creating cybersecurity programs and processes, and those are also are people-focused. One of the good markers of a company that manages security well is not just the people that manage cybersecurity, like hands-on doing cybersecurity, but also the awareness for everyone within that organization so they understand cybersecurity principles and that they act in a manner that's secure and that it is kind of a cultural, inbuilt cultural element to defending against cybersecurity threats. Well, that kind of falls in line with uh, the safety mindset. You know, everybody job safety is everybody's job. It sounds like in cybersecurity is everybody's job as well. How do uh, managed security services help bridge this this cybersecurity talent gap for organizations? So managed services, they're staffed with cybersecurity specialists that are dedicated and trained to identifying and responding to cybersecurity risks. And due to the nature of those organizations, they recruit, hire, and maintain cybersecurity talent. That is all that they do. The managed service provider, one thing that's unique about them is that because they handle multiple clients, they're able to kind of fill what would be downtime or what makes having that those cybersecurity professionals in-house really expensive. So they have this top talent. This top talent is working with multiple different projects, assignments, et cetera. So they're utilized well. And they have you know, processes and the technology stack in place 
maintaining infrastructure on behalf of organizations, which is also really helpful for managing cybersecurity. So holistically, they're intended to take the burden off of creating a SOC or a security organization in-house that may not be as utilized as they can be or could be really expensive for an organization. Mm -hmm. And you touched on this earlier, but in what ways can uh, managed services provide access to specialized skills that might not be available in-house? You know, the mission statement of these managed services is to provide the best security. They focus on that. So they're looking at the best technology solutions. They're training their resources. They're building a pipeline of expertise. That focus and also the investment that they're able to make really creates organizations that security is their purpose. It's their mission. It's the only thing that they do. And then they're able to allocate the required resources to a particular end user. Sometimes that requires eyes on screen, so some basic services, and sometimes it's access to some of those really complex skills where data correlation is happening or an incident is identified. So immediate remediation work and hands-on support is required. So they have that whole spectrum of services. And then lastly, I'd also say like, not only do they have those specialized skills, but managed service providers provide coverage 24-7. So this is can be customizable. So a customer can determine whether it's 8 by 5 but typically managed services providers have that 24 by 7 coverage, which is really hard to do and have the skills for in-house. Sure. Instead of security existing in a siloed environment where it's pretty much everyone on their own, can managed security services provide a more holistic approach to cybersecurity? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say here, there's two elements of this. So first and foremost, the MSSP or the managed service providers, they take in a large amount of data, both process information and cybersecurity data, and start to correlate that data accordingly. They also have data sources like thread feeds where they're staying ahead of critical information to monitor as it relates to the cybersecurity posture. So that helps eliminate some of those silos. So you'll hear, you know, IT data versus OT data versus process data, all of that sort of thing. So it's their job to take in all of that information, correlate it and, and be proactive. And then the second part of this is the MSSP or good MSSP should really engage with their end users and begin to define what their risk thresholds are so that when incidents or vulnerabilities arise, they have an understanding of what matters to what matters to their end users. And then finally, like managed services providers can't act alone in incidents. There is an element of communication. So our marketing PR team, there's an element of executive engagement. There's an element of security professionals. And then uh, the remediation team that kind of understands what happens and then make sure that it doesn't happen again. So they have to break down those silos and make sure that everyone that's involved in the overall security posture is able to work together so that they can limit the impact of an incident if and when that happens. How does managed security services address the issue of scalability, particularly for businesses experiencing growth? How does that work? 
Yeah. So managed services definitely is intended to be scalable and flexible. So a good managed security provider should be able to support their customer regardless of the size of their organization and regardless of the maturity of their security posture. I always go back to standards because they provide a good framework for how to think about security. But the idea is to start with the basics and then build on the basics and optimize your security controls and your ability to respond to incidents. And so there are categories of managed services where you can start with maybe one service and increase the number of services that you have. I would say some of the core categories for managed services lie around asset management, vulnerability and risk management, threat and incident management, cybersecurity controls management, compliance, and then uh, performance management. And what I would say is some customers may be ready to have all of these categories provided for and services provided for by the managed service provider. But if you start with, let's say, asset management and like threat and incident management, even though it's not that full suite of services, it still provides you visibility to your environment. It gives you an understanding of what your risks are related to your assets, and it provides a way to give some recommendations for remediation. So that is like a subset of a total managed services, but a really great place to start if the organization doesn't have that many security controls in place, or if it's a smaller business, or if the risk level for a site is not as great as other sites, and then work your way into that full suite as the needs of the organization or an asset increase. Now, from the manufacturing environment is always focused on cost. And from creating a SOC to hiring a staff in-house, I mean, you're looking at a lot of costs. Uh, so from a financial perspective, how does a managed security services compare to all those expenses associated with hiring and maintaining an in-house cyber team? Leveraging managed services definitely is cost-effective. So I would say that it depends on the services being provided, but for a 24 by 7 SOC, it can be, I would say, at least four to six times expensive, more expensive to build in-house um, just on staffing alone. So this doesn't include the infrastructure cost to hire, train, retain, or the time to value to kind of onboard all of the necessary staff and tooling. The reason that I say this, just as a reference point, a 24 by 7 SOC is a million, uh, minimum of a million USD a year just for staffing purposes. And MSSP packages can be a fraction of that at maybe a few hundred thousand dollars a year, depending on the requirements or the service that's being provided. Mm -hmm. And this is something, again, you talked about a little bit before. And one of the goals behind uh, managed security services is to have the experts focus on security while the manufacturer focuses on making it its product. But on a day-to-day -day basis, I mean, what is the communication level like? I mean, is it is it a daily communication between the uh, managed security services provider and and the manufacturer or the customer, or is it we'll get in touch with you whenever we can? That's a really great question. So, I would say that the collaboration between the client and the security experts is definitely critical. As you're onboarding for a service, I would say the communication is high. 
And then the client and the managed service provider can decide on the frequency of communication, whether it be a monthly report, whether it be only when a vulnerability arises and it needs action. But I'd say more or less, there needs to be some sort of consistent amount of touch points between the client and the security expert. One, so the client feels like there is value, that there is actually things going on, you know, on a monthly basis. And then secondly, so that when things arise, so let's say a vulnerability that might need to be acted on, it's clear what that engagement model looks like between the client and the security experts. Could uh, managed security services also play a role in supporting uh, internal teams? We're providing them with opportunities to learn and develop their cybersecurity skills. So I think this is a very interesting question because I would say technically the answer is yes. So these managed security services are definitely the creme de la creme of you know security experts. And so they can do upscaling and teach security. I would say most of the time they're focused on providing services externally and maybe not necessarily training staff. But I wouldn't say that this isn't something that they could consider should a, a client or an end user ask to, to learn from that in, from the managed service provider. Okay. You know, as technology continues to evolve, as I said in the opening that, you know, years ago, you nobody even thought of managed security services as being a, a tool in the weapon, a cybersecurity weapon. But how do you envision that relationship between managed security services and the cybersecurity talent gap evolving over the next few years? So I think that managed security services are definitely going to grow. I mentioned up front that the amount of risk is increasing, you know, at a really steep rate. And we know that training these professionals is going to take a substantial amount of time. And so I think to fill this gap, one of the best ways to do it is through shared resources. And I think that we're seeing the traditional like IT managed security providers looking into the OT space to increase their knowledge base. We're also seeing OT vendors build out their own MSSPs as well. And then, you know, collaborations between MSSP and then solution providers. And I think they're just where everyone's gearing up essentially to address that talent gap. I think defining a talent pipeline is still very important. We can never get around that. But I also think that basically cost sharing through MSSP is going to speed up the process to implement cybersecurity across as many kind of organizations or clients as possible. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I read a study a little bit ago that said over 25,000 people leave the military every year and, and are looking for work in the private sector. Now, some of them have cyber experience and some don't have that experience, but they all have that disciplined approach to the job. And those without cyber experience can be reskilled. So with that in mind, is that something cybersecurity organizations should look at? And are there any other innovative approaches out there to address the talent gap and enhance the overall cybersecurity preparedness? So, Greg, this is one of my favorite questions because I feel like I came up against this, as I mentioned earlier in this year, when I was trying to staff up my team. So I think the traditional 
model for recruitment is tough because you're looking for expertise and there's a very small talent pool to work with. And so in my opinion, instead of focusing on those traditional markers for what makes a good cybersecurity professional, I think identifying the characteristics that are desired within cybersecurity professionals and then training them up is the way to go. So Mm -hmm. these traits include like the ability to prioritize under stressful situations, demonstrated technical aptitude. So someone that understands computer basics, networking, et cetera, some confidence in decision-making in critical situations, and then being solution-driven and resourceful. So I think this idea of non-traditional talent, so let's say military personnel that have had a career prior to wanting to get into cybersecurity, have the aptitude to be really great candidates. I think they fall into this bucket. And I also think that there are organizations that have recognized this and that specifically focus on targeting you know, military personnel that have that aptitude, technical career paths. So let's say upskilling, you know, professions like, let's say, firefighters, that sort of thing. And then women and other kind of under underrecognized uh, groups in cybersecurity. I think the key is that with hiring that non-traditional talent, there needs to be a period of training, some formal training on the job, and then like an expectation for there to be a learning curve. But I think the only way to address the cybersecurity talent gap is to leverage this non-traditional talent. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, there is no one, to me, from what I've seen over the years, there is no one answer. So being able to think outside the box as to what you're saying is definitely the way to go. With that, I'm going to say that's all the time we have for today. So I will say for uh, D. Kamada and Schneider Electric, Thanks for joining us today on Today with ISS Source. Thank you for having me.